0: Today, we discuss market sentiment. What is it? How can an investor use it? And how do asset managers use it in their tactical asset allocation process? Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Robert Sarenbett.
1: And I'm Unriko.
0: And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments.
1: In this podcast, we share insights from the multi-asset solutions team at New York Life Investments, what we think matters as we manage investment solutions.
0: That includes Mainstay's diversified portfolio series, including the Income Builder Fund, as well as bespoke solutions for our partners.
1: By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors.
0: Welcome, everybody. It is the week of November 1st, 2021.
1: Hey, Robert. Markets are up more than 7% in October following a market sell-off in September due to the growing wall of worries we covered on the August 30th podcast.
0: Yes, that was a good cast and good predictions from our team. The market volatility has caused quite a swing of emotions for investors and a good investment opportunity for those that were well-prepared for it. It definitely reminds me of something Warren Buffett has said in the past, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful.
1: Sounds like you're describing investor sentiment, Robert.
0: Yes, exactly. Investor sentiment can be a powerful determinant of asset prices and thus an important input to an investment strategy, or at least a key indicator to keep in mind as you consider investment decision making.
1: For our listeners who may not know, sentiment refers to the overall attitude of investors towards a particular security or financial market. Why is market sentiment important, Robert?
0: Well, emotions, whether rational or irrational, can drive market prices at varying times. The price at which an individual security trades is the sum of the total of market sentiment of all the participants multiplied by that security's future expected fundamental value. So how much it'll do in profits or revenue down the road. So if you could forecast changes in sentiment, you should have an advantage in determining changes in the market's willingness to pay a given price for a given security or market valuations.
1: I see. So there's a psychological element to the investor and therefore market activity. How do we connect that directly to capital markets, which seek to provide funding for operations?
0: Yes, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it back to the purpose of capital markets, why they exist. If we think about financial markets as a giant funding mechanism to bring capital to companies, then the impact of emotions becomes a bit clearer for an investor. When investors are extremely positive for any number of reasons, they may perceive less risk in the market or more future value, like better sales. This means that they may be more willing to provide funding to a business and, importantly, to pay a higher price for that funding.
1: Right. And conversely, if sentiment is low, maybe due to higher risk like we discussed back in August, investors are less eager or willing to fund a business. Less eagerness means less deals and therefore lower prices.
0: Exactly. And to use the September example again, when that gets extreme in either direction, like it did back in early September.
1: When it was overly bullish.
0: Right. Or then again in late September, so just a month later.
1: Flipping to overly bearish.
0: Exactly. Even though the fundamental backdrop in that case was the same, not much had changed over the course of that month the economy didn't change much. It's still sentiment then served as a pretty high conviction sell and buy for an investor. I think the problem becomes working through this example, how do you identify when sentiment is at an extreme like it was in September? And then as an investor, how do you manage to go against the crowd in that circumstance?
1: That's a good question. So many investors use either the AAII or the positioning data, The AAII Investor Sentiment Survey asks members to respond every week and offers insight into the mood of individual investors. One popular way to measure positioning is with the VIX, also known as the fear index, which is driven by option prices. Although it's not foolproof, a rising VIX means there's an increased need for insurance in the market. If traders feel the need to protect against risk, it's a sign of increasing volatility. Traders add moving averages to the VIX that help determine if it's relatively high or relatively low.
0: Nice. Good examples of ways that investors can identify sentiment. You know, surveys aren't foolproof because an investor might not be positioned according to how they feel when they answer that survey. And options pricing doesn't really capture everybody in the market. So I think it's important to mention that each firm also has their own proprietary measures to identify sentiment. And this can be a big driver of performance for those individual companies.
1: Yes. So, what can history tell us here? Is market sentiment an alpha generator? And by that, I mean, does incorporating market sentiment into your fundamental analysis of investments lead to increased gains?
0: Uh, that's the million dollar question for investment managers. Obviously, we have the benefit of hindsight when we study history, but simply using measures of investment sentiment at extremes does have a decent track record of success. Importantly, when using it as a contrarian indicator, market sentiment is important to contrarian investors who like to trade in the opposite direction of the prevailing consensus. So for example, if everyone is buying, everyone's very excited about the prospects of the market, very bullish, a contrarian might sell. And conversely, if everyone is very negative about the markets and feeling very bearish, a contrarian might use that as an opportunity to buy. Essentially, a manager here is trying to capture if sentiment is in an extreme in either direction, overly bearish or overly bullish.
1: I feel like there's a but coming here.
0: Yeah, there's always a but. The difficulty becomes the sentiment does not operate in a vacuum in any circumstance. Instead, it exists inside of a market, inside of fundamentals, and it has an investor positioning backdrop to operate within. I think secondly, there's a number of ways to try to capture and measure sentiment as you were sharing before, Unbi. And at times, those different methodologies can be at odds with each other. One can signal one thing and the other can signal another thing. And lastly, extremes, they vary based on the broader market backdrop. So they vary based on the regime that we're in, whether monetary policy is supportive or whether it's contractive or whether fiscal policy is supportive. Those things can matter in terms of what makes sentiment extreme or normal territory.
1: It's time for our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. Now we'll discuss the current market sentiment and how investors might use it in their strategy.
0: The current drivers of market sentiment are definitely the Q3 earnings season, I think for one, declining spread of COVID. COVID cases are on the decline. And the effects of the lingering pandemic trade-offs, like higher than normal inflation, worker shortages, supply chain disruptions, higher input costs of doing business, these things can really affect an investor's interpretation of how good or bad the market is.
1: Right. Those are some solid drivers right now. So where does that put us in terms of current market sentiment?
0: As of today, as you said before, the S&P 500 has advanced about 7% or so in the month of October, that's 24% year to date. The benchmark now sits 40% above its pre-pandemic highs and more than 100% above its highs during the pandemic. And most of this has been driven by, you know, valuation growth and improving sentiment in the marketplace. Broadly, I'd say that sentiment has really been supportive. During this earnings season, as we have seen some of the worst case corporate fundamentals not be as bad as we thought they would be margin compression really isn't that bad. And S&P 500 companies are still delivering double digit surprises for the sixth straight quarter. After this big rebound, I'd say that we're at a healthy, neutral in terms of sentiment. So it's not too bullish, not too bearish. If you look at investment sentiment surveys, they have recovered quite a bit, but they're not nearly as strong a signal as they were previously.
1: Exactly. Thank you for that, Robert. So at this point, the individual investor can decide whether the current sentiment poses a strong signal to their own strategy and markets overall.
0: For our own models? Looking at the AAII-Volbert survey and a few other indicators that go into our inputs, we do not see levels at an extreme enough point, given particularly the supportive policy and fundamental backdrop to lead to an investment decision. Coming up next, it's Jobs Week.
1: That's right. We'll get our monthly insight into labor market recovery from the pandemic, which will be important for any changes to the Fed's plan regarding asset purchase tapering and
0: interest rate hikes. Speaking of, the FOMC Federal Open Market Committee meeting is also this week. And with that, we'll get an update on Federal Reserve policy as well. U.S. short-term interest rates have steadily been moving higher on the back of rate hike expectations over the past couple of months. According to the rates markets, as of last week, the Fed is now priced to raise rates by June 2022, with a probability of a 90% hike to interest rates and two hikes likely before the end of the year. That means that the yield curve is flattened a bit, and that gets investors concerned, because that means we're pricing higher rates in the near term, but less optimistic about the long-term outlook So we'll be using this FOMC meeting to look to see where the Fed falls on its dual mandate and its growth expectations. So what does that mean for inflation and perhaps more importantly, the tightness of the labor market?
1: Yes. And we'll also be looking for what kind of response the Fed has around sustained inflation and stagflation risk.
0: That's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters.
1: Let us know what matters to you.
0: If you have a question or a topic of interest, reach out to us on social media.
1: That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn.
0: You can also follow our views on our website. That's newyorklifeinvestments.com and click the Insights tab.
1: Until then, I'm co.
0: And I'm Robert Betts. We'll see you next time.
2: Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about mainstay funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with the New York Life Insurance Company. The mainstay funds are managed by New York Life Investment Management LLC and distributed by NY Life Distributors LLC. 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. A wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. NY Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.